Welcome to the Veloce Podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat Empey and Richard Bott. Hello and welcome to Veloce Driving. We've got a very special podcast um, today because we've got Johnny Edgar on the show, who's a rebel junior. He's currently in FIA Formula 3 has a very successful background in karting and in Formula 4, uh, and we're going to have a nice chat with him today. So, so yes. do you want to start? Shall I? You can start, yeah. So, um, you come from a, a racing family, so I understand, what is that, 13 of your family members that have raced? Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, I don't know exactly the number, but yeah, there's a lot. So, uh, how, yeah. how did that come about then? So, so what have they raced? Uh, nearly all of them in karting because there's a track that's like two minutes from where I live and yeah pretty much the same village as where a lot of my family lived yeah and yeah some of my family members like helped to build it uh-huh. helped to build the track so then yeah a lot of a lot of them raced from that uh yeah some of my family members like my mum and dad met because of racing because my mum's brother also raced so oh, yeah, really? most yeah. of my family's just involved with it yeah. And did any of them move to cars or did they stay in karting? Uh, my dad and my uncle both did a little bit in cars, but my dad, I think, only did maybe like a winter series, uh, I think in Vauxhall Junior or something. And my uncle did a little bit more, but not not loads. Most of them uh, just stayed in karting. Sure, sure. So um, I suppose being born into that world, um, was it kind of a given that you were you were going to go into the racing world or um, was it just something that you had a passion for straight away being surrounded by it? Yeah, like from when I was really young, I'd always be at the tracks watching my dad racing. So then yeah, I was always around him and yeah, I, obviously if I didn't want to do it, I wasn't forced or anything, but yeah, I wanted to do it. You know, I think I first drove when I was three years old. Is that right? And then, yeah, since then, just drove since. Yeah. So it's so quite then... inevitable then that you were going to be a racing driver. Really. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I've been around it yeah, so since I was born, pretty much, going yeah, to tracks. Yeah. So at three, were you in a Bambino cart then? Yeah, I was yeah. in a Bambino cart when yeah. I was, yeah, until I was six, seven. Mm-hmm. So um, do, you, do you remember that? Because obviously that's quite early. Yeah, I remember some things, like, obviously only a little bit, but there is some things I remember from yeah. not long after I just started. Yeah. And then, obviously, you've had a successful career in karting. Um, so you've been, obviously, European champion. And was your aim always to, to get to cars? Yeah, I think it always was. I always, yeah, from when I was young, wanted to be a Formula 1 driver. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the aim was always to go to cars. Mm-hmm. And then, luckily, I became a Red Bull junior, so that's also helped yeah, the move yeah. to cars from karting. So, did you become a rebel junior in karting, or once you'd moved to cars? No, it was in karting the year I won the European Championship. Right. Uh, yeah, that year we just we just got quite. I think four people from karting we got that year, and yeah, because well, I think there was two of them who kind of were already going to get it, and then they did quite well. But then I yeah I, I won, so then I got it because of that. Okay. And then, yeah, I've been a Red Bull Junior since, so it was like September 2017, I think, when it was announced. Yeah. And did you see a big change, you know, once it was announced that you're a Red Bull Junior, did you notice more attention on yourself, having that kind of 
I, I guess that name above you no not really I think obviously it's a good thing to be a part of and yeah pretty much everyone's heard of it who's involved but no there's not I didn't really get much more attention from it I didn't feel like yeah yeah and sorry go on I was gonna say so um, it must be quite an exciting day when that happened then the Red Bull thing yeah yeah I think we got we got an email from Dr Marco asking uh, for a meeting so yeah I went to his office in Austria yeah and yeah had had a meeting there and then yeah it was kind of when we went, it was pretty quick. He kind of said, yeah, we signed the contract then. And then it was announced a month or so later, I think. Yeah. Wow. And what was it like then meeting him and, and going there? Were you a bit apprehensive? Yeah, I was a bit scared the first time. But yeah, it's fine now when I meet him. Like, he's actually really nice to speak to. And yeah, he's not really scary. And yeah, he's like, he's honest. He, he'll tell you what he thinks. And But yeah, yeah. He, it's quite fine speaking to him. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. he can, he can, he has an air, it could be a bit scary, but I guess that's just the public that you see, but when you're working with him, it's not like that. Yeah, it's different. Obviously, yeah, he's, he is honest, like, if he doesn't think you've done well enough, he'll say, and like, but I think he is always fair with what he says, like, he never, if someone does well, he'll say, and anything he thinks he could improve, he'll tell them. Yeah. But it's, I, I wouldn't, I never think he said anything to me that wasn't, Correct, let's say, like he's always, yeah, so yeah. It's I think fair, always fair, yeah, fair, constructive, yeah, yeah. That, that kind of way. And, and what yeah. kind of support do you get from Rebel? So you become a, a Rebel junior, so what changes at that point? Obviously, you get some financial support, but I think one of the biggest things is obviously uh, the simulator you get to do at the Red Bull factory. Like before I do race, I get to go there. Okay. And especially with especially with Formula Three, there's so there's such limited track time, so it helps to yeah get used to the track, learn it. Mm-hmm. I think it just helps because we only have one practice session, and we only get a couple of laps, so it, it does help just to be quicker up to speed, which is really important in Formula Three. Uh-huh. And then also just to, I've had so many people that if you need something, it's easy to get in contact with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like also some things easy like they saw all the contracts with the teams, helmet suits and stuff, it's all sorted through them. So even that, it's, it's easier that way as well. So do they make the decision then on what team you go with or or do you and the family have any say in that? We have a little bit of say, but it's more of their decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like who you go with, which series. So yeah, it's most of their decision who they put you with and they sort all the... Yeah, sort of a contract and stuff but we you do have a little bit of say but it's yeah it's definitely more of their decision so why do you think then they've put you with carlin what why do you think obviously i know carlin are yeah, hugely yeah. successful but what are your thoughts on that or why they've put you there yeah i think obviously yeah carlin won a lot but we've had a lot of red bull juniors in the past and they had a son of yuki Sonoda last year in formula two and he was really quick with them yeah. So I think it's also because of that. Yeah, I've already worked with them before, so they kind of know how the team works. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Carlin are a long way from home for you. Um, do you get to go to their factory much, or obviously going down there to do to drive the Red Bull sim? You're on your way. Down. Yeah, I've been I've been a couple of times to Carlin to do like the seat fit and some simulator. Yeah, I think before most races, I'll go there as well, as well yeah. as um, Red Bull. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's quite far. So, so is the rental factory, the both yeah. pretty far yeah. away from me. Yeah, yeah. 
Mind you, I guess you'll get used to traveling around. <laughs> so, yeah, but you already enough. have, I suppose, haven't you? So we're yeah. Formula Four then. So you've done two years in Formula Four and you've done what, the Italian, the British and the German, no, is that right? Italian and German. Yeah, okay, okay. So um, what, is there any differences between that? So the cars themselves, is there any differences between the Italian and the German? No, it's the exact same car. Okay. Uh, yeah, same tyres, everything. The rules are pretty much the same. There's actually little differences, but the main difference I'd say is like the German, there's a lot less people, but if there's 15 people, like 13 of them are like pretty good. Whereas in Italian, you have 35 cars, but then there's still only 10 people that are like quite good. So it's, in Germany, in some ways, it's a lot better because you get a lot less red flags and safety cars. So you get a lot more time actual racing. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, the Italians always just a lot more traffic, a lot more red flags in the practice and qualifying and safety cars in races. Yeah. So is the Italian one, is that run centrally by one team? Because no, the French ones run like that, isn't it? But um, or, or is it all No, it's, it's, you have different teams in all, in, uh, yeah, German and Italian. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's a few already of like, like Prema already have an F4 team, like they have a team and everything. Yeah, there's still quite a few big teams we've done a lot in the past who do Formula 4. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's, it was when it was first like, um, made, like Formula 4, it was made like a lower level series, but now it's so professional because obviously everyone wants to win, so then it just gets more and more so that's that's run. So some of the like, level juniors have done Formula Renault, or Formula Alpine it probably is now. So how did they decide whether to do Formula 4 or Formula Renault? Is that... Uh, well, I think with the old Formula Renault cars, it, well, initially Formula Renault was like the first step everyone did yeah. when Formula 4 didn't exist. And then, yeah, I think most of them did Formula Renault because the cars then were really good and yeah, a lot of good teams in it. And the, how the series is run and the calendar for Renault has always been really good. Yeah. And then I think when, yeah, I think a lot of them were in Renault and 20, 2018 was the first time I had like, young people who were just starting off again because yeah. i think most people joined red bull once were already racing in something yeah yeah and then yeah i think then they put some people in formula four yeah and they yeah i think they did the british one mm -hmm. and then i think yeah i think because they did the british one this the grid was quite small so then because of them doing that that's why i did the italian and german sure. but then the, the formula renault car changed and it's like quite a quite a heavy car now so I think it'd be quite a big step to go straight to that from karting with the yeah, heavy okay. car right. and yeah and I think some teams that don't like it like it's not that much faster than F4 but it's quite heavy yeah and yeah it's quite a bit more expensive and you can't test as much so I think it makes more sense to do in Formula 4 because you yeah. get so much more track time sure. yeah sure. And, yeah it's a, a bit easier to go straight into it because the, the new Formula Renault car or Formula Alpine now is yeah, I think it'd be a really big step with like how heavy it is. Mm -hmm. So on that note then, how did you find the transition, you know, from karting to cars? I mean, I went from karts to cars and noticed obviously that weight, that mass. Um, in, in karts, you can be quite digital, quite aggressive. How, so how did you find that? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing was probably just like the braking, like how mm -hmm. hard you have to press the brake. Yeah. And... Also, I'd just say, like, even in Formula 4, you don't have much downforce, but just high-speed corners. Mm -hmm. 
carrying speed and also getting used to like yeah having a, a car move around because obviously in car and it's quite easy to control it's quite small mm-hmm. but in cars it's so much bigger so getting confidence with the car like moving around especially in form four it kind of has to to be quick mm-hmm. so yeah just gaining confidence with that really yeah because was a big thing because there's so much more weight to it and yeah it's a bit hard to correct if you have a big big slide yeah absolutely so do red bull provide driver coaching i know they do the same and you have the engineer at the team but do you have any any a, a driver coach as such no i don't have a driver coach but obviously the engineers you have like a big part of their job is like the driver coach inside so like, yeah looking through the data and sure. telling yeah. you where to improve sure. especially in formula four that's like one of the bigger parts of the car matters a bit Mm-hmm. But yeah, how the, the driving matters, but also how the coach is that if they can coach it in a way that you understand it, obviously helps you to improve a lot. Yeah. And then, yeah, in Formula 3, it's still the same, but the car starts to matter a bit more then. And yeah, there's more, you can, yeah, find more time with the car. And there's always something with the driver, but I'd say it's a bigger percentage of the car than in Formula 4. And I think, yeah, as you carry on moving up, yeah. the car matters more. Yeah. And as everyone gets more experience, everyone drives so much closer whereas in Pong you see big gaps between drivers because everyone's just starting out yeah yeah and how have you found the jump then so you know also the cars are quite a bit quicker I assume there's quite a bit more aero on the FIA F3 cars so did that feel like quite a big jump going from F4 to, to F3 yeah it was a really big jump again it was the braking and kind of how, how much you could break into the corners because you had the downforce and high-speed corners. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a bit, also the tyres in Formula 3, uh, they drop off really quick. Like, on with new tyres, it's like one lap, you get you warm up and have one lap, and then that's it, really. That's the quickest lap. Yeah. Uh, so that was another big step. And also, while trying to learn the car, it's quite difficult because you have grip for one or two laps, and then it drops off, so you try and improve something, but the grip's getting less and less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get the grip with new tyres again, but you haven't had a chance to try over again and improve slowly because you get such a big step up in grip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to improve with new tyres is hard. And also to improve enough when you put the new tyres because you have to you can go quite a lot quicker in every corner. Mm-hmm. And yeah, break a bit later, a bit harder, mm-hmm. earlier on power. Yeah. So that, that's another big thing. And I think it makes it hard to adjust to the car because of that reason. Mm-hmm. because Definitely. yeah you have you have so little like on, on a track like Barcelona mm-hmm. yeah it's like the second lap you already lose three four attempts with the tyres it's you already can't you already have to lift so much more in the high speed corners yeah bits lower on throttle everywhere yeah because it because of course you were on pole weren't you for um for the feature race in, in um Barcelona and um, you could see, obviously, how quick you were, but you could see the guys that are already seasoned, done it for longer, how they understood how to manage that tyre, I suppose. Um, it's a, a steep learning curve, I guess, to, to try and remain at the front, be really quick, and manage your tyres at the same time. Yeah, I think, yeah, in Barcelona, I started pole for the first race because there's a top 12 reverse from qualifying, so... I think on Barcelona and the testing, we struggled a lot as well, like mm-hmm. just with speed in general, the whole team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going into qualifying, I just wanted to be top 12. That was the main goal, really, because yeah, I didn't, not much else was possible. And I, I managed to get P12 and then start pole. Yeah. But again, in, in the races, it was the same in all three. It was just the first 
first few laps wasn't bad. And then even when saving the tyres a lot, uh, the tyres would drop off a lot. And I think after the weekend, we understood why, like what we had with the car that was making it do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, just how we had the car set up was, it was okay for a few laps. I mean, the tyres were just dropping off really quick, even while having, even while trying to save them quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So in the races, it was quite difficult. Mm-hmm. But even in the qualifying there, we did struggle quite a bit mm-hmm. compared to, I think, we had other tests where it was a lot better. So mm-hmm. hopefully for the rest of the season, it should be better than there. Yeah. But I think it, it was good to get the results I did, considering uh, the pace we had. Because you're 10th at the moment, aren't you, in the championship? But there's quite a lot yeah. of second-year drivers above you, isn't there? Yeah. You know, it's mostly second-year drivers above you. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's two um two people who are rookies head and they're both in the same team. I think. Yes. Yeah. On on that track, the team they're in, they were pretty quick and in qualifying in the races. So yeah, but then the rest of people ahead, uh, second year drivers. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. do you do you think Colin now have learned a lot from Barcelona? So you hope for the next round, you know, there'll be a little bit more around that with the tires and and get that that pace back that that you guys need. Yeah, I think it was also just a, a track thing as well because we we struggled, yeah, from the start of the test there, we struggled quite a bit and we had the test in Red Bull Ring, we were pretty quick from the start. So I just think that track, we just never really were quick enough. But I think, yeah, the track should be better. And we did understand why, which is also important. So if it happens again, you can fix it. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. But I think they've yeah, struggled the last two years in Formula 3, but we've got some different engineers now, some of the F2 ones. Okay. So I think we're improving. Yeah. We're improving, but I think, obviously, from where we're at last year, yeah, it might take a little bit to improve, but I think we've just got to try and improve through the whole year. And I think it should be fine. Well, that's one of the strengths of Carlin, because they've got everything from Indy cars down to Formula 4. They've got personnel with massive amounts of experience in the team, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, like one of the, the chief engineers we have from Formula 2 is now in Formula 3. He like worked with Landon Norris a lot when he was in Carlin. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we also have the, the IndyCar and Indy Lights team in America, which yeah. I think will be helpful for our last round we have in Cota because they have all the data there. So we'll probably hopefully be able to use some of that absolutely. Uh, before we go to yeah, just learn a bit about the track. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what about the physical side? So obviously you say about the braking and, and of course the general G-force and also this morning when I spoke to you, you said, right, I'm at the gym at the moment. So do you have a, a coach, a fitness coach that guides you through all this? Because obviously there are specifics, aren't there, that you need like neck strength as well as leg strength and so on. Yeah, I have a, a fitness trainer. Mm-hmm. He also does um, one of the driver who lives quite local, so yeah, we both do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And what, sort of training, what sort of training do you do then? Like, it's loads of different stuff, really, because you need, you need like, your leg needs to be strong for braking, mm-hmm. body strength you need for, like, steering everything, and also your neck. So it's it's everything, really. just depends. just a mix of things. I think just, yeah, everything, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> And, and do you enjoy it, the fitness side? Is that like a part that, because obviously I know with some drivers, it's a bit of a chore. So they find other other ways of, of keeping fit, whether it's going out cycling or, you know, mountain climbing or whatnot. Um, so so for you, do you mind being in the gym and, and working on that side? Well, it's not my favourite thing, but it's not too bad. I don't mind it too much. Yeah, obviously you've got to do it, so it's fine. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you, you can see you can see the aim to it. Sorry. Yeah. So do Red Bull keep you busy most of the time then? No, I have quite a lot of time. Well, now I've finished school, like uh, last year, so I have a bit more time now. Because yeah. when I was in school, so it was always really busy. Like I miss quite a lot of it when I come home. Like sometimes get home at four a.m. and school that day. Yeah. But, yeah. but now, yeah, I'm not too busy. And but what, still, yeah, still have some Bull, uh, yeah, that simulator that I have. Yeah. So what on, on the educational side then is is now the focus, you know, plan A, let's push with, with this with F3, or are you gonna also try and do, I don't know, some sort of motor engineering degree or something on the side, or is it purely let's focus this direction? No, I think for now it's just focusing on racing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially with Red Bull seats kind of have one chance at it so just putting everything into it and yeah obviously if it doesn't work out you can always go and get uh, some sort of education afterwards so absolutely. all the focus is in race at the moment yeah yeah absolutely i can agree more so who, who do you have anybody that you model yourself on so obviously looking up at you know obviously you've got people like max verstappen and sergio and and so many drivers is there anybody you really look up to yeah, I think at the moment in Formula 1, it's Matt Verstappen, just, yeah, how he drives. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, also he's overtaking everything and how fast he is. And, yeah, compared to all the teammates he's had the last three years, yeah. three different cards, three teammates, he's been quite far ahead of all of them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah, really impressive. And mm. yeah, also, like, he's overtaking, but he does when he needs to as well. Like, I think some of the overtakes, he's the only one who tries them and sometimes it doesn't work out but it's also exciting like that and sometimes you need to because if you don't then you're never going to win anyways absolutely you've got to be kind of feisty haven't you and i know when he first started out he got a bit of stick for that but he was learning and and i think it's almost better to be that way isn't it than you know no disrespect but somebody like voucher bottas who's a little bit more reserved when it comes to actually battling on the track so i think yeah absolutely we've got to sometimes take those risks haven't you yeah i think it's always easier to bring it back a bit than like than get that yeah, in the first place easy, yeah it's easier to slow it down than it is to speed it up yeah yeah absolutely, yeah. Uh, absolutely. so did you watch monaco at the weekend yeah i did <laughs> uh, yeah and what so um i mean do you find that inspiring i imagine you probably do but obviously seeing max on the top step especially monaco it's so special um you know for you does that just fire you up even more you know to try and get there yeah it's obviously where i want to be in the future and yeah i think just racing an f1 car in general would be really good mm-hmm. but then yeah and the golden one would just be to get to formal one but then obviously once you're there you want to stay and get into a good team podiums and whatever yeah and is there anything else on the radar i know this might seem like an odd question at the age you are now because of course Formula one is is your goal but would there any be anything else in the future that you would like to do, like Le Mans or IndyCar or anything like that? Yeah, I think yeah, Le Mans is obviously a really cool race, and mm-hmm. IndyCar too. Uh, I don't know if I'd like the oval so much. I, I like. I think it'd be quite good, but yeah, they are quite dangerous. Obviously, the speeds you're going mm-hmm. it is pretty dangerous. But yeah, IndyCar also looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, yeah, stuff like work and. G- even GT3, I think, yeah, obviously everyone wants to be in Formula 1, but even if not, there's plenty of options to, yeah, drive in something else. Good stuff about and it. still get paid. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, the world endurance stuff is is coming into a big era, actually, with manufacturers and things. So I think the thing is, once okay. you've done like you are FIA 3, F2, you know, and hopefully you'll be in Formula 1, I just think it opens so many other doors anyway, mm. you know, because single-seaters seem to always be the most respected form of, of the sport. Yeah, education almost as a yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Yeah, so hopefully it creates even more opportunities for you going forward. Yeah. yeah. I've got a young guy coming on who um, already looks up to you called Ty Cuthbert. Does that name mean anything to you? But he won his first championship in one of your old carts. Does that name ring a bell? Yeah. Not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so he... So we've got him coming on. So there's people looking up to you already. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so he's he's a young carter. He, he apparently bought your old two... I don't know which two-stroke this is, to be fair um but yeah and he uh he's already looking up to you so you've already got drivers you know already focusing on you and looking at what you're doing as you move up through the through the ranks so do you think your plan is to stay in f3 for two years yeah i really don't know yeah, it's not my decision and yeah red bull choose. i think it'll it'll depend how this year goes and mm -hmm. i think it also depends on what options are available for teams because i think if if there's a really good option for f2 even if you haven't had a good year, I think they maybe move you up if you think there's a good chance of a good team. Yeah. Sure. Or if there's maybe a good chance of a really good team in F3, they might keep me there. I don't really know. It's it's not really my decision. Yeah. yeah. But I think, yeah, whether I'm, whether I'm in F3 another year or maybe F2, I think both are good options. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So how do you deal with the mental stress? Because, of course, you know, we've both raced. Obviously, I know we're much older than you. Um, but, um, you know... I I always found the pressure something very difficult to deal with. How how do you find that? Especially now, see, being a Red Bull Junior, there's more focus on you. You're in FIA F3, you know. So, is there any kind of coping mechanisms, or, or how do you find it? No, for me, I, I don't struggle with the pressure too much. I just I just try and do my best, and then yeah, I just see what that's what it is. I think I, yeah, I can only do my best, and then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like in, in Barcelona, I was a little bit nervous before the first race. Obviously, it's my first F3 race. Yeah. Uh, first time, yeah, I was on pole. And also, the, how you do the starts with the hand clutch is quite different in F3. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I was a little bit nervous with that. But yeah, that, that was the only time, really. Apart from that, it's fine. But yeah, it's yeah. something that I don't really struggle with much. Uh, Which is great, yeah, because I think that's just trying to do my best. one of um, Max Verstappen's strongest points is his, and the same with somebody like Lewis Hamilton and things, is that that mental strength, mm. um, you know, under pressure to perform. And I think that's something that the very best have. So, you know, that's great that you feel that way. Um, do you have any other questions for your clients? Um, I don't think so. Well, we, I was going to ask you about your um, your cousin, Jessica. Do, do, yeah. do you giving her much help? Yeah, a little bit. Obviously, uh, she's still in Carton at the moment. And obviously I haven't done that for a while, so it's quite difficult with that because you kind of, forget quite a bit but yeah. uh, she did um she did some driving and yeah I think especially if she does move to Formula 4 or something like that then I'll be able to give her a bit more advice because it's yeah. something I've done more recently Absolutely. yeah if, if um I ever can I do but yeah she does pretty well on the inside yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you're racing you're, you get told by enough people like you've died or someone who's there and then the mechanic tells you you hear it from a team as well, so 
Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you don't need to hear things again. Yeah, yeah. of course. Of course. Yeah, and like you know. say, it's, it is different. Um, actually, we had somebody, um, his name's Ed Peed. He knows your dad, I think. Um, but he, he went back into a car for the first time in a long time and he couldn't believe how different it was because you sort of train yourself in cars. You know, like you say, the braking is so different, and trail braking and managing all of this kind of stuff and getting back into a cart where it's so explosive and kind of on and off. And so, yeah, I get what you're saying, that it'd be quite hard to suddenly coach, a, you know, somebody in karting again when your, you know, aim is in cars now and learning that. So, but um, no, thank you so much. Yes, thank um, you. You know, really appreciate you coming on and um, all the best for the next round. Yeah. So you feeling, <laughs> you feeling prepared and ready? Yeah, yeah just <laughs> quite a while. So I'm a bit bored already, not driving. <laughs> Do you, have a, do you have a sim at home? Or yeah, you, I do. Oh, you do? Okay. So do you do but much yeah. on, do much on that as well? Yeah, sometimes I do just for fun mostly. Yeah. But yeah, it's that's one thing different with F3 as well. You so much time off and you're not allowed to test, whereas Formula 4, we yeah. have like so many more race weekends, but also just testing a lot more. Mm. So that's something quite different also compared to karting in Formula 3, the track time so limited. Yeah. And even when you are like you have a practice, we get maybe like five push laps, mm -hmm. but by the second one already, the tires have gone off, so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's difficult. And look, so much, you have so many weeks out of the car, yeah, and then you have five laps, then you're into qualifying, yeah, just, yeah. You need so, how, speed how many tests are you actually officially allowed to do then in F3 before each round? Uh, we had. We have three tests of two days. So we had Red Bull Ring, Barcelona and Jerez and they're all official tests and that's it. And then that's not allowed to do anything else. Yes, yeah, so that's really tough, that's isn't it? You know, especially yeah. the rookie coming in to try and learn a car, you know, that quick, Yeah, and, yeah, and some tracks we go to like never driven them mm. before practice, you can get one 40 minute practice. But what's so difficult is you usually have old tires in practice mm -hmm. and then so the grips were less, and quite often we're the first ones on track, but then the Formula 1 labour will be down all day, and then we're like the last out on Friday for qualifying. Mm -hmm. So you get way more grip with the tyres, way more grip with uh, the track. Yeah. And it might be a track that you don't even know properly, like you've had five or six actual proper laps, and then you're into qualifying, and even then you in qualifying you maybe get three or four laps only. Yeah. But yeah, it's difficult. It's changed so much in that way, hasn't it? If you think how it used to be, and like with Formula One, they could just do as much as they wanted, yeah, really. Yeah. You know, Huge the track, yeah. yeah, the track time. And now for you guys, that that puts you all under a lot more pressure. So, do you find the simulator helps a lot in between to at least learn the circuits? Yeah, I think for learning circuits, it helps a lot. Mm -hmm. I and mean, then I think the the smaller details i don't i don't find many simulators help because even ones that are quite realistic but not that good the only one i feel that's actually really good is the red bull one yeah. it has has a little bit of movement like but it's done well like you don't really feel the movement and yeah how the how they've got the car model is really close to the f3 car okay. and also the tracks they're all we get all like the tracks that we use for the f1 since so they're all modeled really good because we like obviously scan them all yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. I think yeah, the Red Bull one especially helps a lot. Yeah. And does it does it actually have like because uh, I obviously again being older than you, I, I was at McLaren and I did a, a simulator test with them and they had like a hydraulic helmet and uh, the whole the whole cockpit actually moved. Does it does it actually move as well? 
yeah, the whole thing moves like it's not. It's a fair bit, but I, like, and you don't really feel it's weird because like I, I saw it once when someone was on it, and I was surprised how much it moved because some of the like one simulators have been like move a bit. You kind of feel it, I think, because it's not. It's like a little bit unnatural, but with how the red one is, it, it feels so natural that you don't really notice at all. Yeah, so that's so great. It's useful. It's good, yeah. Yeah, it's useful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Sorry, I won't keep you any longer. I could <laughs> ask questions all day, <laughs> as you can probably tell. But no, thanks so much, Johnny, for coming on. Um, wish you all Thank the you. best, obviously, going forward. Uh, we'll keep a close eye on you, and then hopefully um, we can get you back on when you've progressed a little bit further. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, thank you. All right, okay, thanks, thanks, all right. Thanks, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Veloce Podcast, Fast and Fluid Conversation with Kat Impey and Richard Bott. Don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast provider and never miss an episode of the Veloce Podcast.